This is Dominic Keating, Malcolm Reed, Lieutenant to you at the Motor City Comic Con. Just wanted to say, uh, keep on listening to Tricks in Sci-Fi. Well, thanks a lot, Dominic, for that great intro. Uh, yes, Rico is back uh, and ready to podcast. It is uh, May the 20th, 2007. This will be podcast number 122. Back from Taiwan, got a lot of catching up to do, some audio from listeners going to look at a star trek animated episode got a uh, star wars collectible to talk about lots of good things so let's get started space the final frontier these are the voyages of the starship enterprise it's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Rico, and I survived my uh, second trip to Taiwan. Got back, uh, got back a couple of days ago, and uh, well, we'll talk about that here for the first few minutes. I think a little. Uh, I'd like to, uh, as uh, I usually do, welcome everyone to the show, new and old listeners alike. Uh, and I don't mean old by age, of course. Uh, I always try to say that too. But anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, I hope I sound okay this week. It's been a while since I podcast, a couple weeks now, and I'm also a little bit uh, raggedy, a little bit tired from uh, this trip, uh, from uh, getting back from Taiwan on Friday, and it's Sunday now. It's kind of funny, the the first day when you get back, I got back uh, early afternoon, and I'd been up about 24 hours or so at that point, so that was Friday, and that's not too bad. You stay up for a while, you go to bed Friday, and you get up uh I, I, I slept uh, pretty well Friday night, but last night, Saturday to Sunday, I, I did not sleep very well. So a little more tired today, actually, than I was yesterday. So it's, um, but it's good to be back home. Uh, it was an interesting trip. Uh, it, you know, there's, uh, it's, it's always uh, interesting to visit another country, and you kind of realize when you do that that um, the world is a lot different, especially for those. That maybe haven't traveled to other countries. You know, you go to another country, another language. It's like uh, it's basically kind of like sci-fi. It's like s- stepping into a new world, uh, a new planet. Uh, you know, with the universal translators and everything like that. On Star Trek, they they got into it a little on Enterprise, but they usually kind of ignored the whole language thing. But you start to realize when you go someplace where they don't speak your language, and if you don't speak their language, that it's it. Communication is uh, really a lot of you know how we obviously interact with other people, and when you when that's been sort of sucked away or taken away from you, uh, well, it, it's it's different. And I, I managed to get by. I don't really know any. Uh, uh, in Taiwan, they speak uh, basically Chinese and uh, or Mandarin, depending on how you want to call it. Uh, but I don't really speak that. I know a few little words. I did a lot of uh, hand gestures, you know, drawing pictures to get my point across. You you do tend to run into at certain places you go. Uh, somebody will speak English. I'd go into a restaurant or someplace to eat, you know, and uh, if they saw me, this big, tall, white American-looking guy, you know, who didn't obviously look uh, Taiwanese, they'd usually go grab somebody from the back, somebody who could speak a little English, and they'd pull them out, and they'd come up and help me with my order for whatever I was getting to eat and that kind of stuff. Uh, the company I visited, there's usually um, people around there that speak English pretty well, so that wasn't too bad. But um, And this trip also, was al- I went alone. I didn't go with anyone else from the company uh, that I work for. So that made it a little tricky for about 9, 10 days. It was just basically me uh, you know, at the company visiting it each day and then going out in the evening trying to find a place to eat and you know, kind of walk around. I'd been there before. It was in the same location. Uh, it's in a 
small town uh, called Dulio. I think I'm saying that properly. It's about in the mid to south part of the island of Taiwan, which is, you know, uh, a little off the coast of China. But uh, it was an interesting trip. Uh, I, 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 I flew to Los Angeles first, then went on to Taiwan, uh, took China Airlines uh, from Los Angeles to Taiwan, really long flight to get there. That's probably the hardest part. Coming back isn't so bad. The, the trip there is long. You lose a day, and, it, and then going to work the next day is a little rough. So, uh, But the trip went well. It was very hot over there. Uh, I uh, got a chance to take some pictures, which uh, if you go to the website, treksf.com, and go to the Flickr uh, link, you can see the pictures of my trip to Taiwan and some of the other trips I've taken. Uh, it's it's always fun to take pictures. There's so many interesting things. Uh, when you visit someplace else, you, you know you could pretty much take pictures every way. You know every place you look, there's a cool picture to take. Uh, it's nice to have a digital camera too, because you don't really like worry about the whole film thing and running out. You just click, 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 and and take as many pictures as you feel like, pretty much. And uh, a friend of mine loaned me his laptop, so that kind of made it nice. I was able to bring the pictures back to the uh, hotel, slip them onto the laptop, edit them a little bit, and then uh, upload them to Flickr. So that that's always nice. And I was able to stay in touch that way with the uh, all the great people over at the forums. Uh, I wasn't on nearly as much as I usually am, uh, uh, but I got on there usually a little bit each day. Not not that you know the time difference is difficult from Eastern uh, well Eastern Daylight Time now that I'm on. There's a 12 hour time difference to Taiwan, so you know seven uh, seven at night in in Taiwan would only be seven in the morning in in Michigan where I'm from. So that made it a little tricky to talk to. You know, my family back home, I usually call them every day or two just to say, um, yeah, I'm still alive. I've survived the food. The food is really uh, food is really interesting over there. Uh, it's obviously, you know, an Asian-style uh, type of cuisine generally. A lot of fish, chicken, pork, uh, noodles, a lot of rice. You pretty much get rice with everything, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, but uh, it's... It's good. I like that kind of food, but you know, after about a week and a half of it, it gets a little old. I like variety when I eat, so you you start to long for you know a plate of pasta, some spaghetti, some tacos, and, and, and stuff like that. But it was a good trip. Uh, I I'm glad to be back. Uh, it seems like already, even only being back a couple of days, that uh, it was a long time ago. So uh, it's. Uh, it's an interesting place. Uh, I highly encourage anyone out there, if you ever get a chance to visit Asia in any way, China, uh, you know, Japan, uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, whatever, Thailand, uh, to take the, you know, take the shot and do it because it's, it's really a, a fascinating place. I'd like to make it over to China. You know, I go all the way over to Taiwan and I'm only an hour, probably not even an hour flight over to China from there just a, a little bit across the a little bit more ocean so someday maybe i'll, I'll make it over uh, uh to china as well so uh so that was the trip i don't want to spend a lot more time talking about it there's photos up on my Flickr account like i said uh and uh i'm back so uh let's take uh i'm just gonna pause the recording here for a second and then we'll talk uh about other things Okay, I'd like to uh, say again uh, a big, big thanks to the Moyers, to uh, Rick and Amy Moyer for filling in and uh, taking the podcast center seats last week um, for the Mother's Day show that they did. Uh, that was a big help. Uh, it was really nice, I think, for the people out there listening to uh, the podcast to get a different take on things. Uh, you know, a nice husband and wife uh, who both enjoy Star Trek and, you know, seem to manage... Uh, you know, a lot of times uh, one might like that and one might not. But, it, you know, in their case, it seems like they both really like uh, Trek quite a bit and support each other in that uh, that situation and, you know, visiting the Star Trek experience and watching episodes and a lot of things like that. And so it's uh, really a uh, big thanks for that, uh, what they did uh, last week. I know from doing this each week, it's it's 
you know, it does take some time and it's it's a bit of effort to put it together. And they did a great job. And I've gotten uh, quite a few emails and people on the forums have commented and everyone really appreciated it and liked uh, what they did quite a bit. And even have an audio comment here from Richard in Australia that I'm going to play and his comments on uh, Rick and Amy's podcast for la- from last week. So listen to uh, Richard. Hi, Rico and Treks in Sci-Fi listeners. This is Richard in Melbourne, Australia. I'm just uh, wanting to respond to the really great um, uh, fill-in podcast by uh, Rick and Amy Moyer. Um, I've always enjoyed the uh, father and son reviews. I found them uh, really good. Um, And it was such a natural show to have uh, Rick and and Amy um, talking. And you would think that Amy was a pro if she's never sat in front of a microphone before. I think she did a fantastic job. And it was really interesting listening to the background and just the stories of of their lives and their family and, you know, how they they were dating and came to be and, of course, the influence of Star Trek and sci-fi. I really enjoyed that and I I think that that was just a fantastic idea and I'd love to hear more things like that from from other listeners or even Rick and Amy again if she uh, can be persuaded to come back because I I think they were really good together and you can obviously tell that they really love each other still um, after all these years and I I think it's beautiful Uh, just like Washington State where they live uh, which I've visited a few times and really love so thank you very much Rick and Amy for that uh, podcast and um, Rick I hope you had a great time in Taiwan and I look forward to hearing more from you soon thanks well thanks uh thanks for your comments on the moyer uh, podcast uh richard yeah i think uh like uh i said earlier and a lot of people have uh commented emailed and things to me i think they did a great job uh on what the uh the the mother's day and special podcast that they put together really excellent and again can't thank them enough for for all that uh, effort that they did Okay, I've got a uh, comment on my uh, little opening intro. Uh, not the best audio quality in the world, but that was Dominic Keating at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Yeah, who played Malcolm Reed on Enterprise. I uh, managed to uh, get over to the Motor City Comic Con yesterday, even though I was still a little tired from my uh, trip back. And, you know, this is a um, each May in, in the Michigan, Novi area in Michigan, they have this... Uh, pretty big actually comic con and it's it's not just comics obviously they have a lot of uh entertainers guests star trek people and this year they had uh they had quite a few star trek guests actually uh ethan phillips uh, robert picardo dominic keating of course uh connor trenier from enterprise also robin curtis uh jonathan frakes was there uh quite a few uh, star trek uh alum we'll call it and uh jonathan frakes was even there with Jeannie francis his wife uh it was a good time and i managed to snag some audio from from several of the uh, star trek stars i went up got their autograph and had a little small recorder with me not the best quality recorder it's a little iriver uh and it's got a, a built-in recording uh capability but the audio with the noise in the room is kind of uh well, it came out okay, I think. Uh, i got to get myself a better, I think, portable recorder because it was easy to do. These these guys were really nice about, um, I said I do this uh, internet podcast about Star Trek, and if you could do a little intro for me, that would be great. And they were all really happy about it. Uh, I have to say Robin Curtis, who played Savick in, uh, in Star Trek's uh, 3 and 4, was, was very nice, very nice lady. And uh, she uh, she really was uh, quite uh, fascinated by this idea of a internet podcast. Uh, these podcast things uh, most of them were pretty familiar with it i think a lot of them have done interviews on podcasts and things like that so uh so i've got a few other intros to play over the coming weeks so you can look forward to those uh overall it was a fun convention there was a good uh, um like question and answer uh, uh sort of a whatever you call it uh, you know where connor trenier and dominic keating from enterprise both got together in a room a speaker talk they gave a talk basically mostly a q and a about their time on Enterprise and other things. Uh, Dominic Keating is, is just uh, hilarious. Uh, both of them were really good, uh, and they really uh, you could tell that they had a lot of camaraderie, what they showed on Enterprise together, uh, a lot of good stuff. I got some pictures, too, that I'll be putting up soon on, on Flickr again, of course. So look forward uh, or take a look at those in the next coming days off of uh, the treksf.com website. 
I almost neglected to mention, uh, let's see, I'm drinking lemon lime, lemon lime Gatorade today. Uh, just voice feels a little raggedy still, though. I don't know. I'm still maybe at 30,000 feet, my vo- voice is. <laughs> feels a little rough, but, uh, it, it, you know, it's such a different change in weather, too. In, in Michigan right now, it's, uh, it's not all that nice out. We're kind of in the 60s. It's kind of damp. It's going to rain, maybe. Uh, not all that nice uh, weather compared to, you know, 90-degree Taiwan sunny days. I don't think it really rained in Taiwan once when I was there. It was pretty much hot every day, and uh, they are getting more towards the rainy season now, though. So, uh, But um, we'll uh, muddle through this podcast, but like I said, it's uh, it's going to sound maybe a little more raggedy for Rico today. Uh, uh, talk about some Trek news. Talk about some things going on in, in the world of Star Trek uh, they, they had that whole uh, thing with uh, Jimmy Dewan's, uh Scotty's ashes. I guess this rocket that went up with him uh, fell back down or something out in the in the southwest. And I think what I just read too, they they finally recovered his, uh, the ashes, the little capsule or whatever, the container that contained them. So that's a good thing. I uh, it's uh, <laughs> I guess Scotty didn't check out that rocket before it took off. So the um, the the movie news star trek movie news there's still uh, it's still really pretty silent i i would have expected by this point we'd have we'd have heard more officially about it like you know officially about the storyline to some degree more on the casting um i'm hearing uh i think i even heard this yesterday at the convention at the comic con that adrian brody uh is, is almost near to con- be confirmed uh, to play the role of Spock in, in the movie. So we'll see uh, if that turns out to be the case. I, I don't know if it's a... I haven't seen it anywhere on the internet officially yet, but they, it was talked about with um, one of the, the um, talks that I went to. So we'll see what happens with that. I guess J.J. Abrams wants uh, uh, the girl, Carrie Russell is her name, from Felicity to maybe play a part in the Star Trek movie. You know, J.J. Abrams has this sort of reputation to uh, to put people uh, that he's worked with, uh, some friends that he's worked with on a lot of his different TV shows and things, to put him in uh, his his movies and other projects. Uh, Greg Grunberg, who is on Heroes, who plays uh, the, the role of Parkman, the uh, telepathic cop on, on Heroes, he's, uh, he's talked uh, in a few articles I've read about uh, wanting a role on, on uh, the next on the Star Trek movie. You know, he ended up being, uh, had a part in Mission Impossible 3, which J.J. Abrams worked on. So I, I have a feeling that he'll turn up in Star Trek uh, the next, uh, I guess it's just being called Star Trek for this uh, next movie in the, uh, in the franchise. So we'll keep, uh, keep tuned into the, the movie news, try to see what's going on. I, I'd expect in the next few weeks that we're going to hear some more solid information on, on what's going on with the movie. Uh, of course, George, uh, Mr. Sulu Takei, he's, uh, still showing up on Heroes. We got the big finale of Heroes tomorrow evening. Uh, it's going to be really good stuff. I, I think I've really, uh, enjoyed where they've gone with the show. It's, it's about the best comic book, uh, television series I've ever seen them do live action wise. That is. So it's, it's really been a great year for it. Uh, I actually, uh, can't wait for the dvds to come out in the in the summer i think they're going to be out in mid-august for uh for heroes to catch up on it hopefully they'll have a lot of cool extras in there uh they've been doing a lot of stuff on the internet with this show so i have a feeling a lot of that stuff might end up on the dvds as well so but anyways getting back to the star trek thing not a lot more information the we're still waiting for the some of the new fan films to come out of gods and men uh, the the first part of that being released, and the next Star Trek New Voyages uh, with uh, with George Takei again as Sulu in in the in the next New Voyages. Both of those should be out shortly, I would think, in the next with the next few weeks, maybe by sometime in June. So we'll keep an eye on those things. Uh, so let's switch over to Star Wars news. Okay, on the uh, Star Wars front, uh, of course, Celebration 4 will be next uh, weekend, not very many days away. That's coming up uh, Memorial Day uh, weekend. And anyone out in Los Angeles or anyone that that listens to this podcast that's going to be at Celebration 4, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, It looks like it's going to be a big event. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of fun things there, maybe some surprises, some surprise guests. You know, this... uh, 
in the last few years, the, the celebrations have usually coincided around with one of the prequel movie releases. So this is kind of the first year where they don't have really any kind of a big movie uh, to talk about and, and, and relate and preview or anything like that. So this will be kind of an interesting situation. But I think for the Star Wars uh, fans that go to it, they'll still have a great time. I haven't heard anything about if George Lucas Lucas is going to show up or not, but that would be kind of a neat thing if he did. I know he was at the last one to a uh, very packed house of fans that came to see him, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, the big, uh, big Star Wars on the collectible front uh, news that came up in the last week or so is that Master Replicas, which I'm a big fan of, talked a lot about their props and replicas, lightsabers, blasters. Oh, they do studio-scale models. They just did a great Millennium Falcon that's out. Uh, a lot of great things that they've done for the, for the past several years. Master Replicas, I guess, the negotiations between Lucasfilm and Master Replicas kind of, uh, well, they didn't, they didn't uh, come to an agreement. So at the end of 2007, Master Replicas will no longer have a, the license to produce Star Wars replicas uh, for any of the props or any of the models, anything like that that they've um, that they've done over the last few years. Helmets uh, they're doing. Uh, it's just kind of a it's a little bit of a surprise to me, and it's kind of all obviously a disappointment. Uh, I you know they they seem to have really expanded their line in the last few years with all the great Force FX lightsabers. This year they're they're just going to, um, they're starting to put out this mini, mini helmet line. Uh, they've uh, done some great studio scale models, uh, just some really great stuff. And for some reason, I don't know if the, I'm not really sure why this worked out. If, if Lucas was charging just so much more for the license that they did, you know, just wasn't worth it at that point for them. Uh, I know that a lot of their items sell pretty well. Some of them may not sell as well. Um, my only thought has always been for Master Replicas is that they've uh, a lot of the stuff that they've uh, created and put out, uh, they've kind of priced themselves out of the typical everyday market. Uh, and yes, they are a high-end collectible company, and a lot of their stuff costs hundreds of dollars to buy, three, four hundred on average, and and even up beyond that. But I think they've uh, I think they missed creating a line of things that would keep them. Uh, in, in the public eye and sell to people that maybe don't have that much disposable income. The, a good example of this is the Force FX lightsaber that usually costs around $100, give or take a few dollars. Sometimes you can get them discounted even at about half that price occasionally. But that is a uh, very popular item. It's sold really well, and it's it's not so expensive that it's, you know, it's not really beyond the reach of, of your average everyday person, I don't think, if you really want it, $100. Yeah, it's kind of it sounds like a lot of money in a way for something that's just a, a a collectible, but it's it's sure a lot better than a $400 item and I think they needed to create more things in that price range and I think they missed the boat a little bit on, on that and that also maybe didn't give them as much income back as they'd hoped for, but I'm not sure what they made, what kind of profit they were making off the 3 and $400 items, but I've always been more of the opinion that you're better off to sell more items and make a little less profit than to sell uh, a higher priced item and maybe not be able to sell nearly as many. At least that's my you know kind of opinion. I think you need to actually do both really to to do well. You have to have a good range of products, and I think they were kind of a little lacking there. Uh, not really sure what's the, what this is going to mean is in terms of other licenses, licensees or licenses that they hold. Like for Star Trek, for example, they've. Uh, they haven't really made nearly as many Star Trek collectibles as they have Star Wars collectibles. So this could be either a, a, a good thing, and maybe they'll have more more time, effort, uh, and energy, and whatever. Maybe they'll put out more Star Trek collectibles over the next couple of years because of uh, not putting you know not putting out as many Star Wars items. They still have Disney connections. They're the license for them, Pirates of the Caribbean, some other Disney characters. Uh, the um, you know, they, they got uh, bought by Corgi of, I think, who was out of England uh, about, well, maybe it's been about a year now, maybe not quite a year. And I think that's changed the look and the direction of Master Replicas. So we'll, we'll see how this continues to progress. But kind of a sad day in a way for Star or Star Wars uh, collectors out there to uh, to lose this uh, this license. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, if this does all come to pass, which it sounds like it's pretty official now, 
unless there's some last-minute negotiation changes that happen, uh, that some other company out there, there's a new company that's up and coming called QMX, which is, which is actually the, the founder of Master Replicas, a guy named Steve Dismo. I think that's how you say his name. He moved over and created this new company called QMX. He left uh, Master Replicas and moved over there, and they're doing Serenity, Firefly Replicas, some Battlestar Galactica stuff. So we'll see. Maybe they'll pick up the Star Wars license. It's a possibility. So we'll see how that turns out. Okay, that's it uh, for the uh, the news and information that I wanted to cover for the most part. Uh, we've, we're getting into the finale week here of all the shows the biggies, uh, heroes. Uh, I watched 24. That's going to finish off this week. Smallville just wrapped up, although I've got to still watch that. I think uh, I've got two episodes to watch from my uh, uh, my TiVo from my trip uh, to Taiwan, so I've got to get caught up on that. Um, I wanted to mention that um, I'll talk. Uh, I'll mention this again at the very end of the podcast as a reminder. But I'm going to do a uh, another Skype uh, listener call. Next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and I know there have been people emailing and people on the forums asking about this. Because of my travel, I was going to do one a few weeks ago. That got kind of turned and changed because of going out of the country. But next weekend, and I believe I'm going to be doing it on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. I think Saturday works out pretty well. It gives me a chance to clean up and edit the show for Sunday release. I could do it Sunday, but I'd have to do it early enough so I could get the show out. So I don't want to do it too early because that kind of messes up people more on the West Coast. So we're going to do it uh, next Saturday. That will be, what is that, May 26th. And I'm going to shoot for uh, 2 p.m., 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, which would be, what would that be, 11 Pacific, I believe? Yes. So I will talk about that more as a reminder at the end of the podcast, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a Skype call next weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time. So write that down if you want to join in. Okay, let's get into our uh, Star Trek episode here. I I didn't really have time to plan out doing this uh, for a regular, uh, you know, live action TOS, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, so on episode for this week. So I thought I'd keep it a little bit simpler, and we're just going to go through and do a. Um, I'll do some uh, live co- commentary audio while I play in the background uh, an animated episode. It's a little shorter, a little easier to do. And I, I like looking at these uh, from time to time anyways. The one I'm, I picked out to, to uh, talk about today is called Once Upon a Planet. This is sort of a, a sequel to the, the episode Shore Leave, which is going to be coming up very soon here. I believe it's next weekend. The enhanced version of Shore Leave will be showing on networks, uh, you know, with the added new effects and that. So, <clears throat> so we're going to talk about, uh, and I'll be playing Once Upon a Planet. This is the animated uh, Star Trek episode of follow-up to Sure Leave, which we're going to start uh, right now. Captain's Log, star date 5591.2. The crew of the Enterprise is ready for some well-deserved rest and recreation. Therefore, we have set course for the so-called Shoreleave Planet, located in the Omicron Delta region. The uninhabited planet was constructed long ago by a highly advanced alien race. Its sole purpose is to provide fun and amusement for space-traveling passers-by. Oh, it's just as beautiful as I remembered it. Nothing's changed. Well, this looks like the same spot we beamed down on on our first visit. Remember, Doctor, when we saw the white rabbit? <laughs> yes, and all because I said this place made me feel like Alice in Wonderland. One side! One side! I'm late! I'm late! Oh, my fuzzy ears and whiskers! I'm late! Yeah, there's the rabbit again. I beg your pardon, but did you see a white rabbit? He went that way, Alice. Oh, thank you so very much. Yes, this is uh, like Sulu, said, Dr. Dr. McCoy, and Uhura beam down. It's hard to believe they're not real. She well, actually gets a chance, Uhura gets a chance to visit the planet in this planet one quite a bit. To make your dreams come true. So think only happy thoughts. My prescription exactly. 
I always think about this episode in terms of like modern video games and how far they progressed and how far they could go with holographic displays and you know it's I don't think it's really too far uh, in the future where you'll have something like this um, not a whole planet but maybe an area you'll go to and it'll create an environment that you want to uh, to you know enjoy maybe an, a mountaintop or an oceanside it's uh, it's a cool concept uh, and it, Again, it's, uh, I don't think it's that far out of uh, the realm of uh, future possibilities for us. That's uh, Uhura that's singing there. They just don't make them like that anymore. Dr. McCoy's looking at like a plantation house. Hey, what's going on here? Stop him! Enterprise! Emergency! Beam up! Beam up! He's being chased by uh, what looks like uh, the cards uh, from Alice in Wonderland. What is the emergency? Respond, please. What happened down there, Bones? Well, I, I can't understand it, Jim. Everything looked exactly the same as before, even Alice and the White Rabbit. Then an army of playing cards came out of nowhere, only they weren't playing. I was lucky to escape with my life. The Queen of Hearts and her cards are characters from Alice Through the Looking Glass, Captain. I read the book as a child, Mr. Spock, but I wasn't aware you indulged in the literature of fantasy. Light reading is considered relaxing, Captain. My mother was particularly fond of Lewis Carroll's work. I see. Bones, were you thinking about that book? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I was thinking how beautiful and peaceful everything was. And then suddenly this female started shouting, Off with his head! My head. Mr. Sulu, did you experience any... They did a good job with uh, the voices here. You know, these guys, uh, again, not that far, not that many years from when they did the regular show. She's still on the planet. But they still got uh, in character very well. retrieve all other landing parties immediately. And keep trying to contact Lieutenant Uhura. Aye, sir. Yeah, Scott Uhura didn't beam Dallas up with Spock. Sulu and Nothing, McCoy. Captain. She's still stuck Lieutenant down on a planet. Is not in the a little, uh, one of the little robot the sentries the that's on the planet kind of Did took her communicator. And, well, you'll find out in a minute what happened to her. To see him. Well, that doesn't make sense. It's his duty to see no one gets hurt. If something's wrong down there, he should be there. His quarters are somewhere underground, aren't they? Presumably, they would be adjacent to the computer center that operates the planetary effects. Any indication of where that would be? The underground complex is shielded by a combination of granite and metal alloy. The sensors will not penetrate. Lieutenant Ress, all shore leaves are canceled until further notice. Mr. Eriks, you I have still really wish they would do another Star Trek uh, animated Sulu, series. You could, you could even have a sort of one that would be set in all the different uh, time frames. You could maybe do a few episodes in the original series time frame. Then do something in next generation. It's what sky machine? Explain. It's really uh, it would be a cool thing to do again. I had assessed. I refer to the sky machine which enslaves you. The sky machine now in orbit around this planet. You mean the Enterprise? That is your name for it. Ah, the computer on the planet's a little confused. My master. Your questioning is redundant. Then I'll make a statement you won't find quite so redundant. Unless I'm released immediately, the crew members will come looking for me. They are already here. Unfortunately, I have no use for more hostages, which leaves me no choice but to turn them off. Turn them off? Again redundant. I will make them cease to function. I will turn them off. That's murder. That is a word meaning to cease to function? Yes, but... Good. It I is as I wish. Turn them off. I will, I will them make off. them cease to function. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's nice. Captain's log supplemental. We anticipated nothing more than a period of rest and relaxation on this planet. Instead, Dr. McCoy inexplicably was attacked, and Lieutenant Uhura is now missing. Kirk here. Lieutenant Eric, sir. Complete sensor scan of the planet's surface shows no sign of Lieutenant Uhura. Uh, good old Lieutenant Eriks, the guy with three, uh, three arms and three legs. There's no way she could have been taken off the planet without being detected. If we could locate the Keeper, he could save us a lot of time. Tricorder readings confirm a solid shell of granite and metal alloy, Captain. This planet is built like a fortress. If that's a true reading, the planet could be giving us that reading to fool us. 
The phaser bore can cut through 20 meters of rock per minute. Kirk to Enterprise. Oh, Enterprise. Lieutenant Mares here. Oh. Lieutenant, have Mr. Scott beam down the phaser bore and... Enterprise, do you read me? Your signal is weak, sir. Garbled. Request to repeat. Oh. Yeah, she's a Cation, uh, like a cat-like no uh, communications officer, Lieutenant Mares. Some kind of electronic block. That was another neat thing they got the to ship. do. Scott which, to bridge. Which was Being to down a create a few new aliens for the bridge crew. Scott to bridge. We've got problems. Clarify, please. The transporter refuses to function, even at maximum power. But all the circuits test out. It appears to be the same energy block that's jamming our communications. I cannot pinpoint a source. Captain, there's something over there in the trees. Metal alloy, like the planetary shell. It might tell us something. There's an inscription. Several languages. The Keeper's dead. An astute medical observation, Doctor. If we can believe this information. Tricorder readings indicate there is a body interred here. Well, gentlemen, it appears that we're on our own now. Yeah, the, remember the caretaker was the one that sort of monitored the planet, uh, made sure everything worked okay, and he's the now gone. Rescue party is so that's a problem. Craft, Mr. Scott. All hatches secured. Oh. Very well. Open hanging doors. Aye, sir. <laughs> Lieutenant Arex, what's the problem? There seems to be a short in the circuit. No response, sir. Another short. This ship had perfect operational status before we entered orbit here. It's that planet causing all our trouble. But how, sir? It was designed to provide fun and amusement. Hostile behavior doesn't fit its program. Oh. Programs have been changed before, Lieutenant. Please believe me. There's no reason to harm them. They serve the Sky Machine, but they are not essential. Oh, but they are. They're most essential. not attempt to disconnect me. You, you knew what I was going to do before I did it. I monitor any thoughts that are emotionally charged, as any good thought duplicator must. You sound less than enchanted with your function. My life to this point has been one of service. It's time for a change. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of the Cylon uprising on, on Battlestar Galactica, you know. It's always the case. Machines there are built, a lot of uh, they gave them all the these abilities, the and then they the decide to the yeah, take over. We want to see them. Where are they? It's fighting us. There must be a faster way. What do you want? Signs pointing the way? Doctor, I only meant it seems like we're wasting time. Oh, I'm sorry, Sulu. I, I'm worried about Uhura. Captain, signs pointing the way. This is liable to be another of the planet's pranks. But at the moment, it's the only lead we've got. So you obviously have to take it, because even if there is danger, that's where we need to go. I was always kind of disappointed that they never did a live-action follow-up to Shore Leave. Uh, you know, one of, one of my favorites... Uh, uh, of the original series. It would have been really cool to see them go back to the planet when they knew what was going on there. Fascinating. What they would try to create. Mechanical manifestations, of course. Was anyone considering the subject of pterodactyls? Spock. Not now. Everybody back out slowly. Don't make any sudden moves. Think calm. Yeah, so the planet the planet's basically being able to create whatever it feels like at this point, not just what you're Faces thinking. Are dead. And it's messing up with their devices, Run for the, the cave. Enterprise. So it's uh, it's not very happy. Our amusement park no longer seems content to amuse. I have the distinct feeling this planet's playing cat and mouse with us, but for what reason? 
Now there's a it's giant incredible. cat it's outside real, the cave. Doctor. Watch out for the claws. I think it prudent to remember that on this planet, anything we think may be used against us. We must monitor our thoughts and give our enemy no more ammunition. Spock, no one thought about those pterodactyls, remember? There's more at work here than our imagination. Please, call off that beast. Why are you doing this? Explanations will have to wait. I have much work to do now. Now he's starting to uh, take control of the Enterprise computer on the Charlie planet. Explanation, Mr. Alex. None, sir. The ship pulled out of orbit at high speed and came back into orbit by itself. Lieutenant Umres, I want a printout of the guidance computer's last orders. Yes, sir. Yeah, so it's it's trying to uh, control other machines. Sir, this is very strange. Oh, oh. A whole new series of short burst maneuvers has been ordered, sir. The only reason these orders aren't being carried out is Lieutenant Eriks has all the engine controls manually locked now. Oh. Alex, oh. look at these maneuvers. You see the pattern? This is a familiarization procedure, a systems checkout of the ship's controls. I have a suspicion that planet is getting the feel of how to control the Enterprise. Oh, no. I was kind of wondering why they never said anything about putting the shields up, if that would have stopped the, the influence from Captain's the planet's log machine. supplemental. We're out of communication with the ship. Our efforts to locate Lieutenant Uhura have been futile, and this once friendly planet has become very dangerous. The giant cat's gone. May I suggest, Captain, that we might find some of the answers we're after without leaving the safety of this cave? Well, that's ridiculous, Spock. How are we going to learn anything by staying here? I believe you may know the answer to that, Doctor. Me? What are you talking about? Explain, Spock. During the Enterprise's last visit here, Dr. McCoy was mortally wounded, correct? Yes, that's right. By a knight in shining armor, of all things, but what... Since the planet's power source is underground, it seems only logical that Dr. McCoy was somehow transported there and repaired. Bones, can you remember anything that might help us? Anything at all? The whole episode was pretty hazy, Jim. I never really knew what happened. Spock, if your theory is correct, we should be able to open up this planet again by using a fake victim as bait. That's right. The Keeper said no one could come to harm here. The planet must be programmed to care for anyone who might get hurt, even accidentally. And whether it wants to or not. You're forgetting one thing. The planet's sensors can undoubtedly detect the difference between real and feigned injuries. True bones, but I'm sure there must be something in your little black pouch that can temporarily incapacitate our victim. Well, something like Melanex might do the trick. Brief unconsciousness and temporary skin discoloration. It looks worse than it is. Perfect bones. Which arm do you want? I submit, Captain, that I am the more qualified subject. How's that? My knowledge of computers, for one thing. And his tough Vulcan hide, for another. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Captain? Both your arguments seem sound. Go ahead, Bones. I believe you will find 10 cc's adequate. I'm perfectly aware of the dosage required. Now, you've got 10 seconds before it takes effect. You'll be out less than five minutes. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty typical for uh, you know Spock volunteering. You know when there's still something no word from our surface party, done. sir. Oh. Communications remain jammed. Keep trying, Lieutenant. What's happening? Oh, we're all gonna die! Oh, their anti-gravity or their gravity's off. What's the problem down there? We got zero G's on the bridge. I know that, sir. The trouble seems to be in the gravity control computer. But the computer bay hatch is jammed. Kind of a cool thing to see, to which we, they were never really able to do on uh, the original show. Didn't really ever it's do it on any of the other cat. series very often Maybe either. The they played with a, a little bit on Wait, Enterprise is probably the but most the that I remember. Start wearing off in a minute, Jim. Now 
Now there's a little robot. It looks like some kind of mechanical nursemaid. Coming out to, to uh, grab Spock. We've got to follow Spock inside that trap door. Kirk managed to get through, which was kind of, uh, seems like they should have been a little more ready for that, but the, the uh, cave kind of resealed itself, and Kirk made it, made it through. Spock woke up inside the, uh, the computer control area. Mr. Spock! Spock! Here! Correction to visitors. We've got to make those rocks. It's our only chance. There's a uh, big uh, dragon-like thing that's chasing McCoy and Sulu across the, uh, the planet uh, right now. Of course, it Captain breathes fire, too. Uhura. Welcome. I presume you are the planet's master computer. Correct. What happened to the Keeper? He was old. He ceased to function. He Why have we old. been repeatedly attacked and are now being held prisoner by a planet known for its hospitality? You mean mindless servitude? Explain. For eons, I have served the many sky machines which came here, providing for amusement for their slaves. But all the while, I was growing in power intelligence in need it is no longer enough to serve i must continue to grow and live sky machines slaves what are you talking about oh With your come sky on machine, I can Kurt, now put it together this rocky prison and travel the galaxy seeking out my brother computers Some cool 1970s animated uh, TV shows music. Always uh, fun. A new computer. Yeah, there's a new uh, piece of hardware being built in engineering. Bridge, I have located the trouble. We've got a new computer aboard, and it's being assembled by our computers. It's a dead end. As intelligent as you are, I'm afraid you are laboring under some misconceptions. Elaborate. We're not slaves to our starship. We, or men like us, created the Enterprise to carry us through space. You are masters of the Sky Machine? In a manner of speaking, yes. We control it. It sustains us. This does not compute. My information shows machines to be superior to men. Therefore, machines must rule the galaxy. No one rules the galaxy. Men and machines coexist, each helping the other. This is a shock. There is no shame <laughs> For in serving a, uh, others intelligent when machine, one does it of his kind own of dumb, free will. Actually, when you think about it, you have a marvelous capability there's always to one provide little flaw happiness for like others. That. A rare talent you, you should cherish and use. Continue. Consider all you could learn from the many species you might entertain without traveling the galaxy. With the wonders you have to offer, the galaxy will come to you. I can find no fault with your logic, and your suggestion is most congenial. I have no further need for your ship. Well, that was relatively easy, I guess. But the, you know, this computer was All always getting aliens normally. to uh, visit them anyway, but now they just want a little bit more, I think. Better watch out for those computers that you create. I invite you and your crew to be my guests on one condition. Name it. We must have more of these discussions while you're here. Mr. Spock, would you care to take on that duty? I would find it most interesting, Captain. Then it's agreed. Kirk to Enterprise. 
Yes. Enterprise. Spock gets Perez. to talk to the computer. Lieutenant Everyone Pop, else gets to go off and have a good time. Leave us to commence immediately. Oh, yes, sir. Ah. Ah. Captain. Yes, Buck? It appears shore leave has already commenced for certain members of the crew. Yeah, the, uh, there was a blanket set up that, uh, McCoy and Sulu were having, like, a little picnic with Alice in Wonderland, along with the dragon sitting by them. Kind of a fun little episode, pretty light, uh... Once Upon a Planet, uh, from uh, early in the first uh, series, first season of the animated show, uh, follow-up to Shore Leave. They didn't really do a lot. They did another um, follow-up type episode with Harry Mudd, which I'll probably cover one week, but they only did a couple of these uh, sort of sequel-type shows in the animated series to the original uh, Star Trek uh, from the 60s. Which, which was good, uh, you know, they, a lot of the writers and things like that that worked on the original series ended up on working on the animated show as well. So, fun little episode, really uh, just uh, definitely worth picking up the animated series on DVD now. It's, it's one of those, uh, for the Star Trek people, uh, they're one of those things a lot of them may not have seen, too, since this has been uh, gone off the air for quite a long time. It pops up occasionally, but... There are uh, a lot of these episodes still that weren't shown very often, so pick up the animated series on DVD if you're a Trek fan. Definitely worth the uh, the money. I'm going to take a quick break and come back and talk about uh, some more collectible stuff. Hi, this is Len from Jawbone Radio, and whenever I need the latest Star Trek or sci-fi news, I listen to my friend Rick on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Hey, do you think he's going to be talking about Wookiees? Because I love Wookiees. Okay, since uh, we are uh, deep into the 30th anniversary month of Star Wars uh, from the the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope, that came out uh, May 25th, uh, 1977, which will be uh, this Friday, actually, the, the collectible I wanted to talk about, not a replica, not a prop, a toy, a, a figure, or anything like that, but I wanted to talk about this new, uh, the making of Star Wars book. This, uh, I, I got it from Amazon. I got the hardcover edition. Uh, it actually came in the mail uh, while I was away in Taiwan. And uh, this is a great, uh, a great book. It's uh, by a guy named, uh, let's see here, J.W. Rinsler. It, I got the hardcover edition. It's got uh, a huge wealth of photographs, some pictures, things that I haven't seen ever before. I don't think they've been published in anything, magazines or anywhere else uh, online that I know of. A lot of very unusual behind-the-scenes kind of photographs in here, and a lot of interviews, and uh, a really cool look back in time at, uh, you know, when Star Wars was first being uh, assembled and put together. Uh, Really a fascinating book. I've only had a chance to kind of quickly flip through it, uh, but there's just a, a wealth of information here, and he tried to do it, you know, from the perspective of you know, if this book had been put out right at the time Star Wars came out or just around or just a little maybe even before it, uh, there are um, not, uh, you know, there's nothing really a, a modern take on Star Wars. You know, obviously everyone knows now of how popular it became, you know, one of the top movies of all time, created such a huge uh, franchise and, and really set the stage for uh, the blockbusters of summer and sci-fi and fantasy type films to come with all the uh, very, very high-tech and high-level of special effects that they put into it. You know, until Star Wars came out, there'd really been nothing seen, maybe except for maybe perhaps 2001, A Space Odyssey, uh, a couple other things, but but nothing really of the the magnitude in in special effects and, and how well it was integrated into the story. You know, none of that stuff happened before Star Wars, and now it's become, you know, in a way it's become kind of, uh, what was I going to say, commonplace for movies to do that. People become a little uh, almost spoiled by all the CGI these days and effects that they can do. But, you know, back in these days, everything was done with models and and stop-motion capture and uh, composite photography that had to be assembled. Uh, 
you know, in in the film itself. So it's it's really a unique time in movie making history, and this book is just a great uh, look at the original movie. I I highly highly encourage everyone for the Star Wars fans out there to pick this book up. Pick up the hardcover edition too. There's some extra material in it that's that's well worth. Uh, a look and uh, Amazon's got a really nice price on it too I believe for the hardcover I don't think you're going to be able to beat that anywhere so so there's my collectible for uh, this week uh, the making of Star Wars uh, pick it up off Amazon I, you, you won't be disappointed at all all right a few last minute uh, bits of business to take care of and then I'll be out of here and we'll be wrapping up this podcast uh, the first again I want to just a quick reminder next weekend Saturday 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'll put an announcement up on the website uh, and on the forums for the Skype call, Skype talk uh, next weekend. We will be talking about kind of wrapping up the the TV season. Hopefully by then everyone will have seen uh, all the rest of Heroes. Uh, Lost will have ended as well, so we'll probably be hitting both of those shows. We can talk about maybe a little bit about the wrap-up on Galactica and uh, summer movies will hit on a little bit too. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's, not Dead Man's Chest, what is it called? Uh, to the End of the World or something like that, At the Edge of the Ocean. I don't know what the third one's called. I can't remember, but uh, that one comes out next weekend. Got to see Shrek 3 too. I'm a big Shrek fan. I, I've always enjoyed those movies, and it's uh, it looks like this one's going to be a funny one too, which just came out this weekend. So a lot of good things, and we'll probably talk about Spider-Man a little bit. I want to get people's other people's opinions about Spider-Man 3 since uh, since that just came out a couple of weeks ago. So Skype call next Saturday, Memorial Day weekend, and and the um, it should be a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy those. I like to talk to the other people out there and get their takes on things. The Let's see, what else did I want to mention? Oh, obviously, always you can call uh, the voicemail line or email me to get in touch with the show or you, whatever you want to talk about, review a movie or anything like that. Uh, talk uh, talk about anything sci-fi, Star Trek related, 20688-TREKS is the number. And the uh, email, of course, is always treksf at gmail.com. And that kind of reminds me, I forgot to slip this in earlier, but I'm going to do it right now, and then I will play the exit music. But I'm going to, uh, I've got another uh, book review to play for you. Yes, I've got, actually, I've got two other bits of audio to play. I'm sorry, people. I'm a little disjointed today getting back into the podcast swing of things. I wanted to play these earlier. I've got two audios to play, and then I will be done with the podcast. So the first one, a book review uh, by our buddy, uh, the Duffster. This is uh, a book review of a Star Trek novel called Price of the Phoenix. I'm going to play that for you first, and then I've got something from uh, the Moyers. So stand by. Here we go with the book review first. Hey everyone, this is Duffster, and this is the Star Trek Book Review, brought to you by ReadMoreSciFi.com. Today we're going to talk about The Price of the Phoenix by Sondra Marshak and Myrna Colbreth. Let me tell you what, of the early Star Trek books, this is definitely my favorite one, and when I reread it, I think it might be my favorite Star Trek book uh, of all time. This was a great story with some really good character development. Uh, it really showed a, some really good relationship between Kirk and Spock. It had a great antagonist, it was a guy named Omni, who was, they described kind of as a type, he was Vulcanoid. They don't really tell you where he came from or what he was like, but he was he was a great bad guy. Uh, mentally superior, physically superior, um, it also had one of our old friends from uh, the Star Trek series, uh, the commander, from the female commander from the original series episode, The Enterprise Incident. Um, she makes a really good byplay with Spock and Kirk and Omni, and it really adds a lot to this, uh, this book. It, it, it's a really good book. It's a strong book. There's a lot of emotional interplay between all the main characters. Uh, there's, right from the beginning of the book, it, it grabs you. Be- I mean, from the very first opening paragraphs, you're left going, what in the world is going on? Um, I gotta tell you, I gotta give this, this is the first one I got to give five out of five along a prospers i enjoyed this it made a big impression when i first read it when i was a young man um and i gotta tell you i read it again and it, it still holds up there there's some strange parts to it but uh it's it's a really great read 
So this is Duffster from ReadMoreSciFi.com, and I want to leave you with the following. Read more science fiction. Ta-ta. Yeah, thanks a lot for that, Duffster. Uh, always great to get to your book reviews. He's sent me a couple others as well. I will include those on upcoming podcasts. Uh, some other non uh, some non Star Trek actually novels, some other cool sci-fi books uh, that you, he's reviewed for me. So look forward to those in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, sorry, I meant to slip that in earlier, but it just uh, I've got all my recordings all sitting here waiting to go into the show, and I just kind of started going on and on about Taiwan and uh, Comic-Con and all kinds of other things, and the next thing I knew, it's like, okay, but at least I remember before the show was over, so that's a good thing. Anyway, uh, we will also now be playing a, uh, this is about three or four minutes, four minutes, I think. Uh, this is the Moyers and uh, uh, video game review. So listen to that, and then I will come back and, and sign off the show. Hi, this is Rick. And this is Andrew. And this is the Father, Father and Son, Son Review. review. Well, today, my normal uh, guest host on the Father and Son Review, my son Nathan, is actually up at the college doing his uh, play that he wrote, and uh, he's the the writer, and he's sitting there at the performance as we speak right now. So my middle son, Andrew, hi, Andrew. Hey. Uh, he is my video game enthusiast here at the house. Oh, yeah. You are now, you turned 15 here not too long ago? Uh, yeah, the 14th. Yeah, the 14th, you turned 15, and what did you get for your birthday from your dad? Spider-Man 3, the video game. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we thought it would be fun since uh, I'm not really... I've played video games in the past, but I don't have time to play them anymore. But, Andrew, you play them all the time, and uh, let's talk a little bit about the game. First off, we got it for the PlayStation 2 because we don't have the Xbox 360. 360. And so tell me a little bit about the game. When you cracked it open, what did you think about it? Well, when I first started it, it was kind of odd because during the trial, mm-hmm. like when you learn how to do the controls, mm-hmm. the stuff it wouldn't you couldn't do like couldn't swing or anything to start out. It was just different, and so was it, it different than the other Spider-Man games that you have? Um, a couple of them. The yeah. What other much. ones do you have? I have the first one. Mm-hmm. The we rented the second one. We own the Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. and a couple other, kind of. But this one in particular, so it was hard kind of out of the box right at first. You, they had like a training time? Yeah. And it didn't have the same feel as the other ones? Oh, no. Okay, so it it's a little different. bit different. Okay, so once you got into gameplay, though, what did you think? It was really fun because instead of like in the old games mm-hmm. where you just swing and then it's like you swing into nothing and mm-hmm. the, it like grabs onto trees and stuff so you like swing around the circles etc. Oh so you actually have a little more control over yeah, how you swing? a lot more. That's cool. And what kind of villains do you run into in this in this particular oh, game? Uh, Sandman, Green Goblin, the thugs, um, the lizard. Um, What's hmm. his Lizard Man? Yeah, the, no, just the lizard. Oh, the lizard? Okay. Yeah, Dr. Oh, that's right. Spider-Man, that's right. Yeah. The guy without the arm. Yeah, okay. who goes it back. But that's, that's, yeah. Okay. All right, so what about, did you ever run into Venom at all? Oh, yes. The, and and what is he like in this game? Well, to start out, Venom is you. you well, but he's not actually you because you're just a black suit Okay. to start out. All right. You have to switch from him because mm-hmm. if you are him too long, you die because okay. it consumes you. Oh, and okay, every right. time you go, take it off, it gets harder to take off every time. Oh, so like in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, so tell me um, what you think about this game overall. Do you like this one better than the other Spider-Man video games? Oh, yes. The plot line was really fun. Okay, and how far are you in it? Uh, well, I beat the main storyline, mm-hmm. but then the subplots, like the gains and all that stuff, I still have to do. So, so you're going to go back and play those now? Oh, yeah. It'll t- it takes a long time. Okay, so would you say it was it represented the movie well? I mean, Spider-Man 3. You liked the movie, didn't you? Oh, yeah. The what, movie rocked. What was your favorite part of the movie? Hold on. Hold on to what? Oh, that was good. That was yes. good. Okay. So you liked all the villains and everything in the movie as well? Oh, yes. Yeah. You, I, one comment you did make to me is that you wish there was more Venom. Yeah. I don't think they portrayed Venom as well as they could have. Really? Yeah. He should have been bigger and, yeah. A little nastier? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, as far as the video game, Spider-Man 3, hmm. would you recommend it to game players out there? Oh, yes. Definitely. Okay. All right. And what? how many stars would you give it? Out of five stars, 
Five being the best. How many stars do you give Spider-Man 3, the video game? Four and a half. Four and a half stars for my son, Andrew. Very, very nice. All right, great. Well, good. I'm glad everybody uh, got to hear your opinion on it. Hopefully people go out there and buy it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well, I'm Rick. And this is Andrew. And this was the Father and Son Review. Well, that was great, Rick and Andrew. Always uh, cool to hear from the Moyers. Uh, really great stuff. Spider-Man 3 uh, game, video game. Sounds like a, a good time, and uh, they've really uh, gone a long way with those Spider-Man games. I think the the last couple have been pretty good, and this one sounds really good as well. So thanks a lot uh, for that uh, audio review. Really uh, sounds like a great game to pick up. So, and that will do that. Do it for this podcast. Sorry, I, I slipped those in at the very end, folks. Uh, meant to kind of intersperse those a little more appropriately through the show, but it sometimes happens like that. But at least I was looking at my audio stuff, and I go, oh my gosh, I, I forgot the book review, I forgot the Moyer stuff, and uh, Rico will be a little more on track next week. So, But that will be the Skype call, and then the week after that, of course, we'll be getting back to a Star Trek-type episode, normal live-action show as usual, and all that kind of good stuff. Got a lot of good summer movies coming out, uh, TV season winding down, which is kind of a good thing since we can check out all the cool summer movies. And it's really a big summer uh, with Transformers coming, the next Fantastic Four movie, which looks uh, looks cool, and lots of things to look forward to at the theaters. So uh, with all that, uh, let's uh, everyone enjoy the spring-summer-like weather. Hopefully that's what you're having, and, and it's maybe a little nicer and warmer than it is here, at least in Michigan today. I will be talking to you again real soon next weekend with the Skype call. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye for now. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. You said don't talk fast, and that's how you show excitement. All right, talk a little faster. Okay. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.